You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And it is senior night for Kentucky, 9 o'clock Eastern tip uh, in Rupp Arena. And the only senior that they're honoring is uh, Nate Sistina. Although Joel Justice, assistant coach, uh, mentioned that uh, Kentucky will also be honoring three of their managers. And uh, just also mentioned how important uh, those guys are to the team and how many hours they spend in the gym with those players uh, getting extra shots up and all that. But it's Nate Sestina, uh, the graduate transfer, of course, uh, and he will be honored. And uh, Kyle, you were telling me that you, you found out that he's had a lot of, a lot of support from his hometown over uh, the course of this season. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote a story for the athletic that uh, be out while people are listening to this on Tuesday morning uh, on Nate for senior day. And his, his folks were, um, in the back of his press conference, uh, kind of surprised him today and, and his mom and dad. And uh, they drove from Little Emporium, Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh, flew from Pittsburgh to Charlotte and from Charlotte to Lexington. And uh, was quite a trip. The, his mom just had her hip replaced, uh, like not even a month ago, and she's still mm. walking with a cane. Obviously not very comfortable to travel uh, hours and hours in no. two flights and a long car ride. Um, and then they went and sat through like a two and a half hour practice today at Kentucky. Um, but I asked his mom to, if she could tell me how many people from that little town in Emporium in the Allegheny mountains, uh, had come this season to watch Nate play at Rupp arena. And she was like, I got a flurry of text messages of just like this many, I think. And she's like, oh, I've, I've got, I wrote down a few more. I reached out to some more people, some more people. The, the number kept growing and ended up, I think being the last update I got from her was that there had been at least 109 people from, uh, from his town of about, I don't know, 1200 people. I think uh, the last census put it on, you know, well under 1500, I think is the population of that town. Uh, and 109 of them had come to Lexington, just as she knew about. There may have been more. But uh, he's had high school teachers come. He's had old classmates come, um, whole families of people come, lots of relatives. So that's pretty cool. I, you know, People know, certainly if they read that profile I wrote when I went to Emporium mm-hmm. um, and stayed with his parents um, because there were no hotels in town, that that whole... I didn't realize that, you stayed with her. Stayed, stayed, stayed in Nate Sestina's room, uh, <laughs> which was not part of the plan. But um, hey, dude, I, I slept in your bed. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I told him. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna tell you one thing. I'm the only reporter that's ever slept in your childhood bed." Yeah, um, uh, I called his dad about going down there to come, you know, write something on him. Soon, almost as soon as he picked Kentucky I thought I you know this is cool a kid like a kid from a place like Bucknell and then when I found out what a small town he was from you know there just aren't many guys certainly in the Calipari era from a town of 1500 people in the mountains uh that are coming to play for Kentucky and uh his dad was I was like you know I'm having a hard time finding a hotel like what what hotels are near you because like all my online searches were you know turning up nothing 
And he was like, buddy, if you're coming here and staying overnight, you're going to have to stay with us. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, he's like, you're not going to find a hotel. So uh, so I, I said, fine. And uh, I showed up and they were like, okay, there you go. <laughs> they, they took my bags to my room and I realized within a couple seconds that it was definitely Nate's childhood uh, room. So uh, it was a, <laughs> the Sestina bed breakfast. <laughs> that was a new that was a new one for me. But they're they're great people. Uh, I'm actually gonna uh, meet up with his parents before the game tomorrow just to see them again. They've uh, his dad has stayed in touch ever since, and uh, they're good folks. They're really good folks, and they're they the gist of the story that I wrote um, for tomorrow is just really about or. or for today as people are listening is really just about how they continue, you know, a full season into this, they continue to be just sort of in awe and wonderment of the fact that their, their little boy plays Kentucky basketball, plays for Kentucky basketball. Uh, this whole experience has been like insane to them. You know, they went to Madison square garden. They've been to Rupp a few times. Yeah. Uh, and they, they just are, continue to be like, Holy crap. <laughs> this is, this is wild. So it's it's neat for them. It's neat for for Nate. Um, and I don't think this season went exactly as he thought. You know, obviously, went from 16 points and nine rebounds almost at Bucknell last year to five and four at Kentucky. Um, yeah. But he's had some, you know, he's had some moments and some memories at Kentucky that he would he could never have imagined having at Bucknell. And I think all you know in the in the total accounting of this season for him it was totally worth it um you know the, to have the game you know he hit a big three and had a nice game against a then number one ranked team in madison square garden on national tv and you know hit, hit five threes in vegas against ohio state and uh, had a double double in his first game at rupp arena um helped you know really when you think about them you know finishing this job winning the sec championship in the last two weeks he had a major hand in that. He scored yeah. uh, scored eleven in the game at, at LSU, and uh, in a game, well, the game that, is at LSU. I mean, that was that was big performance. Yeah, eleven points, eight rebounds, hit three threes. You know, and then the game the other night when they clinched it against Auburn, he scored eleven again, um, and and came up big, gave him some some big moments when uh, when Auburn was trying to make a move, and so you know he was a part of this. This was he was not you know. He was not a, an insignificant member of this team. And right now, to me, he's like their clear sixth man. Um, and now he's got to get a chance to go play in the NCAA tournament, and not just like the way you do when you're on a, a small school team like Bucknell where you, you're happy to be there. Now he gets to go play in a tournament with the idea that maybe they can make a run. And, you know, what if, what if he gets to go to a Final Four? A kid that was at Bucknell a year ago that was a zero-star recruit. Um so I think this has all added up to a lot of memories for him that even even without like huge numbers, even considering senior night's going to be, I think, only his seventh start of the season, uh, I don't think he would have changed anything. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to talk um, you know, a little bit about this matchup with Tennessee uh, as we continue on. And then Mark Stoops and the football team. Uh, spring practice begins. Uh, Mark Stoops spoke to the media for about 30 minutes on Monday. We'll go over some of the things uh, that he said. And then Joel Justice had something interesting about uh, this team on Monday, about uh, kind of a turning point in the season where it all kind of came together. And we'll discuss that as well when the Locked On Kentucky podcast continues. You are Locked On Kentucky, 
your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. And Kentucky and Tennessee, uh, old rivals. I mean, they've been playing since 1910. Um, Rick Barnes is 7-7 seven and seven all time against John Calipari, which, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good record. It is. Um, Not many coaches are 500 or better. Right. And John Calipari, uh, he said he and Rick Barnes have been friends for like 35 years. I think he, Calipari told a story on, um, which I've, I've heard a version of it before, but he told it on his radio show on Monday night that when uh, he was just starting out at UMass and they were playing horribly on defense and giving up 100 points uh, every game or at least several games. And Barnes um, told him, like, well, what are you, you know, teaching them defensively? And Calipari named off about 15 or 20 things, and then Barnes came back and said, pick four. <laughs> yeah. Pick four things you want to emphasize and work on that all the time. Keep, you know, work that into every drill that you have. And, uh, and Calipari says he's never forgotten that, and he continues to use that uh, advice to this day with his teams. But um, I, would think, I would think that that – I mean, when you, when you look at just his general philosophy now, that seems to be his – approach yeah. across the board just keep it simple you know especially when you're coaching young teams over year after year after year like keep it simple and he's I think he's stuck to that pretty religiously well the good news for the Sestinas because uh, I'm sure they do want to see a Kentucky win over Tennessee on Nate's uh, senior night is uh, the Vols have only beaten Kentucky five times in Rupp Arena uh, one of those did come under John Calipari in 2018 but uh, before that 2006 1999 79 and 77 so, uh, pretty good, pretty good record. And I don't think I, you don't know how they're going to react. I would hope the team would would want to play for Nate and, and win this game. Uh, but you could definitely see after coming off that win over Auburn and clinching uh, the number one seed, where they might could possibly let off the gas a little bit. Um, what do you think? Do I think do I think they, that they'll like? Overlook this game? Is that the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Overlook this game kind of. Um, yeah. Maybe. Like, I think there could be guys who do. But I, I think this might be a game where you, like, turn some of your reserves loose and they won't, you know, and, and that could be useful. Uh, like, like, this is the game you let Nate play 30 minutes, which he hadn't done a lot of lately. And let it fly, right? I mean, just let him, let him shoot it and see what happens. And that could, you know, even if there are some guys who overlook it or if they, re- you know, do they rest Ashton Hagens? I don't know. Although Joel Justice seemed to kind of poo-poo that today. Um, you know, I, I think enough guys will take it serious that, and they're, they're enough better than Tennessee that they'll get the job done. Although Tennessee just went and beat Florida and, uh, by what 15 or something beat them pretty yeah. soundly um uh, a, t- a florida team that had been playing well i don't know i mean i guess i don't totally know what to expect but i feel like some guys like nate and others that aren't normally at the top of the pecking order could have big games i also think like a guy like um emmanuel quickly doesn't think that way he just wants to play great every night yeah um so a guy like him, you know him it wouldn't surprise me if he goes off regardless of opponent um, Tyrese Maxey's a guy I could see maybe like maybe he when we've seen him play to the competition he's you know big game Tyrese Maxey national TV Tyrese 
Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he's a guy that kind of coasts in this game, and I, that's not to disparage him. I just think it's like a natural thing some young guys do, and we've seen him do it some. Um, I don't know. but In terms of the, the, um, the rest thing, and we've talked so much about it with Ashton, and now they've clinched the league, and this is the most – this is the game you could most see them winning if even with sitting Ashton Hagens. You know, I thought it was interesting that Joel Justice basically said, you know, our goal is to go into the postseason with momentum and kind of keep building the momentum. And, you know, they were yeah. really happy. Joel said the same thing that Cal had said the other day, that they were overall they were really happy um, with the way Ashton Hagens played. Yeah. even with the missed shots, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that to me doesn't sound like that they're they're at a place where they're, oh, he's got to rest. Because he said something like, if if guys are injured and they need to sit, they'll sit. Um, but to me, they, the talk does not feel like the talk of a, of a staff that's ready to just give Ashton Hagens a, a healthy break. Yeah, right. Well, the other thing uh, Justice was talking about today is, um, or on Monday rather, is uh, he mentioned that uh, the team after that trip to Las Vegas, uh, and they came back and he said Camp Cal is not what Camp Cal used to be because of new NCAA rules that prevent them from practicing as much as they'd probably like to and, uh, you know, time off and those kind of things. Uh, So what they can control, though, is the amount of times they eat together, uh, and that they had so many meals together uh, over that that Christmas break that the he found that the the team bonded that way that they became closer together and uh, I mean that makes a lot of sense because when you're forced to you know sit and fellowship with one another uh, then bonds do become uh, you know developed and this there's no doubt that you can see it. Uh, in this group, that they they do like each other, that they do have a lot of fun, they do uh, talk to each other, they do seem to root for one another, and even if you don't see it on the court, and it's not really evident, uh, a lot of those post game locker room uh, things that uh, UK Athletics tweets out, uh, you can see it there. Yeah, I mean, the, when when one of them, even when, even if it's not one of the top five guys or top three or four guys, when one of the other players has a big game, they you know comes into the locker room, everybody's celebrating them, and you can see it on the bench as well and the way they celebrate each other. In the post-game interviews, you know, they, they cut up and interrupt each other and come up and pretend to interview, interview each other. And when Nate was, you know, on sen- the, the pre-senior day media session, they only bring one player. I mean, if there's unless there's multiple seniors. But when there's one guy like Nate, it's just him at the podium and, so the whole time he was talking, different guys came through and kind of interrupted and, you know, made their made little comments and jokes at Nate. And uh, you can just tell that those guys do really like each other. That's the other thing I mentioned in my story. Um, when you talk about Nate's contribution, I think he and the importance of meals, I think a lot of that can be traced to Nate's influence because early on right when he got to campus he started grabbing the freshmen and saying mm-hmm. hey can i take yeah. you to coffee um can i cook you dinner he some of them said he offered to like cook them meals uh and he just wanted to sit around and talk with them uh, find out who they were where they came from you know establish friendships he he said today that i asked him you know 
if one of us wrote a book about this season someday, what would you want your chapter to say about yourself, about what you meant to this team? And he said he would want to be known as a guy who was a great teammate, who had relationships that if 10 years from now he was in a city near where one of them was playing, they could call him and they'd go to dinner like it was, you know, today. Yeah. Um, and I, and Alfonso Ellis' son was one of them you mentioned. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting that he mentioned dinner, too. Like, it's... Joel's comment was really kind of unprompted, and I thought that was telling. He just went on this kind of rant about what meals do for families and what they do for friendships and for teams. Um, and they are powerful. I mean, there's a reason that people will recommend to you for, your, for the health of your family to, you know, stop what you're doing and get the whole family around the table a couple mm-hmm. times at least a week and talk to each other. Um, and to do that for, with a group of strangers, oftentimes at Kentucky, a lot of new faces thrown together and being asked to form a team, um, that is a big deal. So I think some of that credit goes, to, goes all the way back to Nate in the summer, but uh, the fact that you had that condensed time where there is no class in the, in the period uh, between semesters and you're just on the road together and you know, or doing doing the three a days with Camp Cow, and there a lot of times they'll he'll have them over to his house, and they'll eat and they'll meet, and then they'll basically say, "You guys can go take a nap wherever you want in my house." Uh, you see yeah. see that every year. That's those are big valuable uh, stretches of time for sure. Well, before we uh, go to our last break here, just want to mention that Mike DeCourcy uh, with the Sporting News and Fox College Hoops. Uh, tweeted out his latest bracketology predictions, and um, that got a little play today uh, on Monday because um, Kentucky is on the two line. Uh, but we will—I will say this—and this is nothing against DeCourcy. I'm not trying to, you know, question his uh, uh, bracketology. Yeah, chops. Yeah, he just—he has been favorable to Kentucky over the years. Like he has not been one who. Uh, is one of those people who attacks Calipari and writes scathing things and has this uh, uh, animosity or agenda against Kentucky. He has yeah, been he has been favorable. Little, he's, he's had some kid gloves to, a, to an extent with Kentucky. Right. So um, he's got uh, the number one seeds of San Diego State, Baylor, Kansas, and Gonzaga. The two seeds, Dayton, Maryland, Seton Hall, and Kentucky. He I has don't think anybody out else West. really has Kentucky on the two line yet. Some other people have them real at the high end of the threes, but yeah. he might be the only one. The only one I've seen that's got him as a two seed. But uh, it's in there with Gonzaga, and uh, when I look at that that bracket, I don't think there's any chance that Kentucky gets into a bracket where, like Indiana and West Virginia, are the only interesting storylines for a Kentucky team. There, there will be a storyline team in Kentucky's bracket, without a doubt, whether it's BYU, Duke. Uh, Kansas, um, you know, uh, Louisville, Indiana, something along those lines. But we're due for a break, uh, and when we come back, we'll talk UK football, spring football beginning on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. We're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and spring practice begins. Uh, and Mark Stoops spoke to the media on Monday for about 30 minutes. A lot of players are not going to go through spring practice, uh, a long list of guys. Uh, Terry Wilson is one of the guys who won't go through uh, spring practice. He'll be doing drills uh, on a limited basis. He's limited is what Stoops said, but 
Uh, he, he also said he'll definitely be ready for the fall. He, he's, he'll be ready by then. Nick Scalzo also out. He said Devontae Robinson, the safety, will be limited as well. Uh, he won't really go through all the spring. Uh, Abdul Abadi Abule, I believe that's how you say it all. Anyway, defensive lineman, he's going to be out. Isaiah Epps, the receiver, out. Nasir Watkins, offensive lineman, out. Taj Dodson, defensive back, out. Derek Jackson, also <laughs> out. So there's your list of all these guys who are going to uh, miss spring practice. But it gives a chance for, uh, at quarterback, you know, f- freshman Bo Allen uh, to get some reps. Joey Gatewood, the transfer from Auburn, to get some reps. Uh, he said Sawyer Smith and Amani Franklin uh, would also get the reps there. So there's four quarterbacks uh, that are going to get uh, those reps. A um, couple other interesting things. He's on that open position that he had, you know, for Dean Hood. You remember there was um, – uh, football Scoop had put out that uh, Mike Stoops was all but uh, a done deal to Kentucky. And uh, Mark said he did indeed try to hire Mike. Uh, tried to get him to come here and hire him for that position, but he said Mike chose to stay at Alabama, that he liked what he was learning there uh, at Alabama under Nick Saban. And he said when he gets back in, um, he wants to do it as a coordinator. He doesn't want to come back in as a position coach, uh, even if it is with his brother. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, and then, you know, Xavier Peters, the linebacker who, you know, transferred from Florida State and talked about his eligibility uh, for so long. Would he be eligible to play in, in last season? And then he was, and then we didn't see him play. And then Stoops said, well, he's, you know, not been living up to our standard. And that's what he said again. He said he's, it's up to him. He has to uh, reach our expectations, live to our standard. And that means going to tutors, going to classes, being on time for workouts. And Stoop said he's doing better at that. But, you know, that, that's still, still something he's got to work on if he's going to get onto the field. But, they, I mean, they have a lot of depth. I mean, it would be great, I think, uh, to add that kind of talent on the field. But uh, – they're fine without Xavier Peters. That's one of the things about this team. They have a ton of depth. And you got Phil Hoskins coming back uh, with the extra year, um, the, the medical year that he gets of eligibility. Um, and he is um, on the defensive line. And then you, he said he'd add Josh Paschal back in there. Remember, Josh Paschal was an outside linebacker. They moved him to the defensive line. Then, he come, then they discover the melanoma, and he, he – you know, misses a lot of the season. Uh, now he's moving back inside, and Stoops said this is the best he's been, the best he's looked, the best he's felt right now. So that kind of shores up the loss of Calvin Taylor and T.J. Carter on that defensive line. Um, and then another guy that Kentucky fans are definitely going to be interested in is Kelvin Joseph, the transfer from LSU. Uh, he said last year he you know he was on scout team for much of uh, his time. Uh, at Kentucky last season, and Stoop said you could really see the difference maker that he's going to be just from seeing some of that. And Stoop said he'll start at cornerback. Now, I, I wasn't sure if he meant he'll start working him at cornerback, that's where he'll work, or he meant, yeah, he's going to start at cornerback. But <laughs> I would think I, maybe both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think possibly both, yes. Yeah, it's uh, a big-time kid. I, I was, I was, as you were saying all that, like the idea that, like, oh, like, you know, it'd be nice if uh, – Xavier Peters worked out, but uh, they don't really need him. Like, imagine 
the state of Kentucky football a few years ago, the idea that they would get to the point where they'd have a top 100-ish recruit uh, mm-hmm. who went to Florida State out of high school who looks like a Mack truck, by the way. He's one of the one of the major off-the-bus guys yeah. uh, on the roster even now. And just going like, well, you know, if he decides to get it together, great. If not, then they'll move on without him because they got plenty of linebackers. That's that's uh, pretty amazing in and of itself. Yeah, because before it would have been like, oh my gosh, we need Xavier Peters. I mean, if we don't get Xavier Peters, I mean, that's going to hurt. And, and I can remember Vince Merrow saying that Xavier Peters, uh, like, oh yeah, he'll play. He's going to play. Like, before he, he got here, when it was in the works of, or after he got here, the, the you know, the eligibility situation, Merrow was like, oh yeah. This kid, yeah, he can help us for sure. Uh, speaking of Vince Marrow, you know, Mark talked about that a little bit. Uh, he said it played out in the media more than he wanted it to. and needs to handle that a little bit better, which means he's going to find whoever's leaking information and try to shut it down. Uh, well, just, but, it's pretty, should be pretty easy. Just walk down the hall to Vince, Vince's office and <laughs> say, Vince, uh, stop feeding this information to these people. <laughs> I mean, but come on. Let's get let's get real about that. <laughs> and then he said, um, uh, you know, this didn't get out there. This wasn't out there. But Mark, I mean, Stoops said that there are five or six other guys on their staff that they went through the same thing with. I like, would be they, shocked they had if Clinkscale wasn't one of them. Yeah, I'd I mean, say Clinkscale. Clinkscale's yeah. all of a sudden going into Michigan and just crushing it. Gets yeah. a five-star recruit and four, a couple four-star kids and um, – you know now, and there's a, that same probably that same staff, probably that same Michigan State staff came looking at a guy like Clinkscale. Hey, mm-hmm. let's uh, why don't you come keep some of these guys home? Right. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. And then Brad White. I mean, yeah, I I have no doubt that they had multiple guys try to get poached in the off season. Um, so that that was about it. That was the most um, you know, important things that were were said. Um, Did you mention the transfer thing? Uh, we talked about it between segments, but I can't remember just what no. he said about the immediate eligibility and as it relates to Joey Gatewood and all that. No, I didn't touch on that, but he just basically said he's going to keep his opinion to himself, that he didn't want to really uh, get into it, that there was uh... – oh, I tell you what, before I get into that, one more one more note. Um is that uh, you know Logan Stenberg leaves you know an opening there at that uh, guard position, and he said Kenneth Horsey is going to get first crack at it. Uh, and if you guys remember, Kenneth Horsey was the kid that came to Kentucky after open heart surgery, like they That's cracked crazy. his chest open, and you know, and and had to do work there, and so he's fully healthy and and ready to go and working out and. He's going to get a shot there to be the uh, successor to Logan Stenberg. But, okay, yeah, on the potential new NCAA transfer rule and, and you know, Auburn transfer Joey Gatewood being eligible this season, um, he said he didn't want to comment on it uh, just because he said there's so many opinions out there, a lot of intelligent people that are working through those choices. You've heard me say it before, but it's true. It's above my pay grade. There are people who will look through that and weigh the options, the good and the bad with it, and there's a lot of things to consider. A lot of good arguments both ways. I'll keep my opinions to myself. As far as Gatewood getting reps, he was going to get some anyway because of where we're at with the guys being injured. So for him, it's a good break in that we have two quarterbacks that can go through spring. He'll get more opportunity with that. 
two quarterbacks that can't go through spring. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what? I'm I'm super intrigued if this new rule gets passed and goes into effect for this coming season, therefore making Gatewood eligible. What that does for Kentucky, like, I mean, we don't know. You know, right. we don't know if he's even at the level that he could compete with uh, Terry Wilson, but we don't know that he's not. We know that he's a freakishly large human playing quarterback that, mm-hmm. you know, Auburn's coaches compared to Cam Newton uh, when he first got there. Um, and we don't, what we also don't know is, you know, what lingering effects will Wilson's injury have on him, not only physically, but mentally. Will he hesitate at all? Will he be the same guy? Uh, so if you all of a sudden, Right, because right now, I mean, I can't imagine there's anybody else not named Joey Gatewood on the roster that could push Wilson for the job, even if he was 80% of himself. But if you had Joey Gatewood eligible, would that be a real competition? That's what I wonder. Yeah. Now Stoops ended his uh, his his news conference with, um, uh, there was a question about the wide receiver position, and he said, Looked like through the lead-up of the season and through the beginning part of the season, last season, Terry was looking really good and our receivers were looking really good and we were getting better and we had to change. We changed and we had to, but we were making good progress. You go back and look at that, who we want to be, and that's exciting. Uh, he said he's excited about it. So, uh, you know, I think they already they, – they had that idea of what was, you know, the potential that was there for Terry and his growth, and they were seeing it, and they were excited about the kind of offense they were going to have. And then, of course, he got injured. So yeah, uh, it would be tough. But you, you never know. You, you just never know what's going to happen. It's um, true. We're all day-to-day. We're all – we're all uh, <laughs> all of our status is day-to-day. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with and with cr- that cliche, especially with the coronavirus uh, barreling down on us, <laughs> my goodness, well, we need to talk about that at some point next podcast. This apparent uh, movement that or idea that maybe we end up with NCAA tournament games played in empty arenas. Well, but, the NHL has floated this idea now. Um, uh, there was uh, something else about pre-draft, NBA pre-draft combine and workouts. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, the, these, the, there is this talk of limiting crowds. So sounds great. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure does. All right. So good night or well, not good night, but, uh, good, good day. Morning. Good night good to you, Dan. Good morning to our listeners. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you after the Kentucky Tennessee game. Uh, on Wednesday morning. So thanks for listening. Until then, follow us on Twitter. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at... Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Have a great Tuesday. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked on... Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea.